At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSN, the sports betting network. This is Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Absolutely tremendous to be with you for another two great hours as we've been moved up now over the last few days. If you have been tuning in the last few days, we are now 6 to 8 Pacific time. That would be 9 to 11 Eastern time. Great to be with you. And we've got a pair of great guests that are going to be joining us. We've got a lot of basketball to be able to take a look at for what is a pretty jam-packed Wednesday. And then we'll be turning it forward to Thursday as well. And we've got ourselves... A pair of great guests are going to be helping me along the way. Take a look at a little NBA, tennis, and so much more. As in 15 minutes, Scott Reichel, he does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. For those that have been listening and watching the show, you know him as the guy that is Mr. Do-It-All. He is a five-tool guy. He's able to give you football, basketball, baseball, tennis. We're going to get you guys as many picks and as many winners as humanly possible for this late Wednesday into early Thursday with him. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then and our number two, Anthony DeBundo. He does great work over at Action Network. He's going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a look at the Thursday college basketball slate with him. I know that he does a solid job with regards to taking a look at the Pac-12 slate. On top of that, I know that he, much like myself, absolutely loves some baseball with pitchers and catchers reporting. We'll see if he's got any futures that are on tap for him right now as well and see if he's been gauging the NFL market in terms of what we might be getting with regards to these quarterbacks, things of that nature, and We'll certainly be talking a lot of NFL offseason all throughout, but now we're in prime hoop season, and it has been so interesting to just take a look at this year in college basketball because it does feel like it has been a little bit different than most. One of the things that have really been standing out to me all season long, and this really does bear out in the numbers, home underdogs have really been taking it on the chin, so it was very good and very heartening to see Penn State just be able to get the job done against Illinois. That is a game that... One final, I would say about 10 or so minutes before I went on the air. Illinois, they fall by kind of 90-89. They were leading by double figures in the second half, and then they made like your buddy at the bar, and they could not close. So Penn State as a 7.5 to an 8-point underdog without their top 
scorer in Kanye Cleary, or Kanye Cleary, they are, were able to shake it off. They're able to get the win outright, so that was big for them. And this one, just one final. I had the write-up of the over in Duke versus Miami. Duke did their part. They scored 84 points in Miami with no Nigel Pack. They packed it in. They couldn't even get to 60 in this one. That was a little bit of a letdown as Duke, they just absolutely run roughshod over Miami in this one. This was a final of, I believe, 84 to 55. Just an absolute walloping from Duke. And it is going to be interesting to gauge them here in March because with Duke, unlike in past years, they actually challenge themselves on the road in non-conference. Now, the games that they played away from home in non-conference play, they weren't necessarily the world's greatest. Now, right now, that loss against Arkansas, at the time, it didn't look too bad. Arkansas has really fallen off the map, but... For this Duke bunch, they are really playing some good defense right now. They have been really locking down with that aspect. They're a top 20 team in terms of points scored on a per possession basis. So you saw a really good effort there. And I was mentioning it with home underdogs. Theme of the year has really been a lot of these home underdogs. They're taking it on the chin. We shall see if George Mason is able to sort of help out that trend a little bit. George Mason, they're about a three and a half point home underdog. Currently, they lead Dayton 68 to 63 with 90 seconds remaining. So Right now, they're in good footing there, but Rhode Island has a home underdog on Wednesday. They fall to Richmond by kind of 85 to 77. You saw as well as a home underdog, Georgia Tech. They could just absolutely lambasted that by kind of 81 to 57. And then you saw what I was mentioning a little bit before with Miami just absolutely getting run out of the building by Duke. And if you take a look at the last seven days in college basketball, it has been quite startling to see these home underdogs just Going down in a fiery heap. Going into Wednesday, they were hitting at a clip of about 41.2%. And if you look right now, you get these numbers via covers. 43-53-1 against the spread are home underdogs over the last seven days. And I do think that there's a little bit of a theory to this. And it is the fact that in college basketball right now, I think that there are very set tiers. And when you just have a team that is outside of like a, let's call it tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four. And... You've got a team in Tier 3 that is playing against a team that's in Tier 2. The team in Tier 3 has been just absolutely lambasted. Now, when you get two teams in that same tier, this is why you're finding that trend that has been very good this year in terms of the unranked home team being a, like, 2-3 point favorite against a ranked road team. When you get two teams that maybe one is a little bit lesser, but it's relatively close. Those have been very good spots for you all season long. That's where you've wanted to pounce on these home teams, laying the very small numbers. Underdogs, though, have been having a tough time. As a matter of fact, if you look at the entirety of the season, home underdogs are hitting at 48.9%, and it's always been a trend that I've always looked at. I've always thought that there's very good value on home underdogs all throughout just college basketball betting in general, as long as I've been a part of it. This year has certainly not been the case, so we shall see if some of these teams are going to be able to bounce back, and do keep in mind as well, while everyone is building up for March Madness, that is going to be starting up in three and a half weeks. These games are very big right now as well, because before you get the madness, and a little bit of a pro tip here for everyone that loves to come out to uh, lovely Las Vegas for March Madness, don't sleep on these conference tournaments. The week in which you have all these conference tournaments out here in Las Vegas, it's really two weeks of conference tournament action i would say go for week number two because week number one you're getting like the beginner games with regards to like the patriot league the rising league which i love you're able to make a lot of money off of there i don't care what you're betting on whether you're betting on the southland or if you're betting on the super bowl money is money and if it's able to cash that's 
all that matters to me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, but things get very intense there. You get a lot of great action, and plus, if you come for conference tournament week, the lines aren't quite as long to sign up for the sportsbook apps and everything like that. So I do think that there's a lot of value there, but teams are very much playing for a lot of positioning. Teams are playing a lot for seeding, and these are times where teams are really trying to salvage their season. And what I do love about college basketball, and you're going to find a few exceptions to it. There's always exceptions to any sort of rule. And when you've got 362 Division One teams, you just are going to have outliers in general. You're unlike in professional sports where there are clear teams that are tanking, like, for example, in Major League Baseball, you know that the Oakland A's probably not going to be giving you the world's greatest effort. The guys out there on the field, they're trying, but they're just completely overwhelmed. You see it in the NFL in, like, Week 18 where you got a team that's, like, 5-11, and 11, and they're just playing out the string at that point, trying to see what they've got. And so the younger guys, you don't get that in college basketball. In college basketball... It's not one of these cases where the coach is like, oh, we're just going to throw out here a bunch of freshmen. It doesn't matter because coach could be getting canned if he does not get a win and if he doesn't get seating for the conference tournament and in some of these conferences as well. You have a case where some of these like 10-team leagues, only eight teams go to the conference tournament. We have seen this change a little bit in recent years. There's fewer conferences that they do eliminate teams before the conference tournament, but there are certainly some that are still out there and that's always an angle that you want to take a look at as well because you want to talk about desperation. That is absolute desperation, though. It really is trying to balance with that as well because while you do have that desperation, I've always had this theory, and this extends past college basketball. This is football. This is baseball. This is basketball. Heck, if you want to bet on tiddlywinks, this goes for tiddlywinks as well. If you're in a must-win, you must not be very good. That's what I always say, and typically that holds a form. Like, how many times have you bet on Week 16, 17, 18 in the NFL where it's like, oh, this team really needs this game. And guess what? Just like in the first 15 weeks of the season, they look like the exact same team. And it turns out they just weren't that great. So I always do think that that is something invaluable to be taking a look at. And right now what we're taking a look at as well is trying to avoid overtime in terms of some of these totals as well. Because I'm not sure about you, but it does feel like there have been a lot of totals that have been toasted. And I... Pour one out for you if you're on this under in Florida versus Alabama. And I raised my hand. I was on this under. I was looking at him just like, you know what? 174, it's gotten a little bit lofty. And it was looking really, really good when you had 81 points in the first half. Things are slowing down. But this game has now went to overtime. It's 87 to 85 with Florida currently trailing Alabama. Pretty much the live board on me is acting up a little bit. You sometimes have that happen with some of these betting sites slash betting apps. When it comes to overtime, things get a little bit haywire and crazy there. But right now, Alabama has taken a lead. And I think that they're a very interesting team to take a look at this March. Because something that I've been noticing in college basketball as well, these teams are playing more of tempo, like in Alabama, like in Arizona. It feels like these teams have been able to perform much more consistently this year than they have in past years now. Sometimes you have these teams and they just hit the skids at the absolute worst time humanly possible. But I've been noticing that there's been a little bit more value than in past years with a team like Alabama. Because with Alabama, it used to be you would get a really, really good Alabama performance where they win by 30. And then the next night they lose by 20 plus. It does feel like the consistency with these teams has been there a little bit more. Now, albeit there have been a few games for Arizona this year, which they've been... Give it up quite a few points on the road against Oregon State, on the road against Stanford. That really does stand out to me. But 
I do chalk that up a little bit more to outliers, and that is going to be a very difficult thing to be doing this time of year, trying to look back at some of these results and trying to say, all right, what is real, what is fake? But if you're able to do so, if you're able to data mine, take a look at some of these shock volume numbers, I do think that's going to bode very, very well for you moving forward. And I do think that we've got ourselves a great landscape here in college basketball. And we've got a lot of games that have just gotten started. We're going to be keeping you guys abreast of those all throughout the night. You had Marquette has about a 27-point favorite taking on DePaul. It's going to be very interesting to see how they bounce back after that loss against UConn. And, well, if they lose this game outright, then you're certainly taking a look at a rough ordeal. And then Kentucky, what do we make out of them? Currently tied up 8-8 to very early on against LSU because we saw Kentucky lose that game against Gonzaga. Then they're able to get up off the mat. They win and cover against Ole Miss. They look very solid over the weekend against Auburn, but they're a team that's been wobbly, but we know that the talent is there. And now is the time of year that you do want to see if these scenes are peaking or if these scenes are fading. How about if we get you guys a guest that never, ever fades though? That'd be Scott Reichel. He does absolutely tremendous work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're going to be talking a little basketball, a little hockey, perhaps a little tennis with them as well next right here on the Great Theater Set Experience of Visa, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you are looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VSN experts have got you covered. Become a VSN Pro subscriber today and get a daily best bet email, 24 7 video access, plus the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. Visit VSN.com slash pro. To subscribe today. That is over at vsin.com slash pro. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience of Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Always great to be joined by this man, Scott Rachel. As I always like to say, he's a master of very, very many. He does a great job taking a look at football, basketball, tennis, you name it. He does it. And Scott, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I noticed it's a little bit lighter over there. It's about five hours earlier than 
our old time slot. So it's great to have you aboard, Scott. And Scott, before we dive a little bit into the NBA card that we've got for Thursday, is there anything with regards to your handicapping that might be a little bit different this time of year rather than in the first half of the NBA season as we're just coming out of the All-Star break? And as we know, it does typically ratchet up just a little bit with these playoff races now that the All-Star break has come to pass. Well, it does for the playoff teams. The issue is there's a lot of teams that are really bad. <laughs> so you might see them try to experiment with the rosters, trying to see some talent evaluation, if you want to call it that. The bad teams should remain bad for the most part, and they might look even worse because other teams are playing for something. I'll say that my main advice, though, for the first day post-All-Star break, kind of tread lightly a little bit because you're not exactly sure what you're going to see after a long layoff. So I do think you should take the wait-and-see approach to some of these teams. If they enter the All-Star break in great form, not necessarily a good thing they had the break because that's going to kill the momentum. Same thing if they were bad beforehand. We'll see what happens. But my advice for the immediate future post-All-Star break, maybe cut back on the units a little bit, take a wait-and-see approach, and see where it goes. I don't think that that's the world's worst advice as well. And it's not necessarily the most fun advice in the world, but it is something that I think is oh so important. You've got many, many opportunities to be able to hit the NBA betting board. You're going to have the NBA in your lives until the early summer months. So there's no need to go buck wild when it comes to night number one coming out of the all-star break, though. At the very least, we should see a little bit more of a monocom of defense than we did see over the weekend during the all-star game. And, we shall see if that is going to carry over to this game. We've got the LA Clippers on the road against the OKC Thunder. Total open up at a 239 and a half, and it's dropped down anywhere between about 236 half to 237.5 with the Thunder being two-point favorites. How do you evaluate this one between two of the top teams out there in the West? So I feel like you're going to see a lot of money towards unders on the first day based on the long layoff and maybe just some overall rust, but I am going to link to the over in this game, especially with the line dropping so much. Each of the first two meetings flew over. Uh, each of the first two meetings this season landed with at least 245 points. Each of OKC's last five games have had at least 240. We know OKC is a very good team offensively, defensively not great. And Kwai also was injured right before the All-Star break. He did play in the All-Star game, so he should be suiting up for this one. I'm going to lean to the over here. Uh, totals dropped about three points. It feels a little bit steep to me. I'll buy low on the over. And then I know that you're going to be taking a look at this team, and it's a bunch that it's been rough for them all season long, but we did notice a few signs of life from the Charlotte Hornets prior to the break, and now they're finding themselves as 10-point underdogs on the road against the Utah Jazz. So on this game is anywhere team 130.5 and 132.5. Take me through what you're seeing here with the Charlotte Hornets and why you're going to be willing to back them at this plus 10 number. Yeah, simply put, ever since they traded Gordon Hayward, they got Trey Mannon. They look like a somewhat competent basketball team. They've won three straight. Uh, the Jazz enter the All-Star break in terrible form as they lost four straight, albeit against difficult competition. But Utah defensively is a mess. They've allowed at least 129 points in four straight games. And simply put, if Utah might allow 120 to any team with a pulse, I can't lay nine and a half with you. I, I just think this team defensively is so bad that I'd rather expect Charlotte to hang in there, keep it competitive, maybe keep some of the momentum going from how they ended the first half of the season. I'm going to to the Hornets plus nine and a half. I can't lay that number with Utah, who doesn't guard anybody. Yeah, for Utah, it has been pretty rough for them on defense, and they've got some nice pieces of their own, but I do think that that's a good way of taking a look at it. Scott Reichel, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, and then the biggest underdog on the board on this day, that is going to be the Washington Wizards. They are finding themselves in most places a 15-point underdog. This was an opener of 15 and a half total of 230 and a half. 
take me through this one because with Denver, we know that they have been so much better at home rather than on the road. And I feel like you could say that for darn near every Denver team across every sport just because you do have the elevation on their side. But with the Washington Wizards, you have to wonder what we're going to see out of the second half of the season from them if it's going to be any better slash worse from what we saw in the first half. Yeah, so I think Denver's obviously going to win the game, but I think the spread's too big. I'm actually going to lean to the Wizards plus the 15 and a half. The Wizards have not exactly been in good form recently. They've lost eight straight. However, each of the last five losses were by less than nine points. So they're competitive. They lose every time, but at least they're not getting totally killed. And 15 and a half does feel steep. The Nuggets have not covered the spread. They have not won a game by 16 plus points in each of their last 17 games. Denver wins games, but they don't win by margin. And I think that when you're looking at Washington, they played in Washington a couple of weeks ago. They ended up losing by nine. 15 and a half just feels massive to me. For a Wizards team that's really bad record-wise, decent ATS. I'm actually going to lean to the Wizards plus 15 and a half. Yeah, with the Washington Wizards, it's not a, shall we say, traditional style of basketball that they play. They're able to get their points, but boy, oh boy, that defense it is very lackadaisical, but... You're getting 15 and a half in a spot like this. It's really tough to be laying it with a favorite, no matter how the team has been looking recently. And then when it comes to this spot, this is one where you're going to be looking at the favorite. It's the New Orleans Pelicans versus Houston Rockets game. Rockets between six half to seven point underdogs. Totals between 227 half to 228. Take me through this one and what you're expecting out of the Pelicans towards the second half of the season, because I feel like they've been a little bit lost in the shuffle when it comes to that Western Conference race. Yeah, the Pelicans have been a little bit up and down, but they are in the middle of an upswing, or they were right before the All-Star break. I like the minus six and a half here. They've won seven of their last eight. Six of those seven wins were by at least seven points. The Rockets uh, are pretty fortunate at the All-Star break now because they had lost five of six. Only exception was that really questionable foul call on Jalen Brunson to basically gift them a win there. But the Rockets are on the road. It's as simple as that. They've lost 21 of their first 26 road games. They're the... I don't know if they're the biggest differential between home and road splits, but they're definitely up there. Houston on the road, I'll pass. Give me the Pelicans minus six and a half. Yeah, I do not blame you for passing on taking the points with the Houston Rockets as it's been a little bit rough for them. And I do want to get your thoughts on this one with the Boston Celtics on the road against the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls have been one of the toughest teams for me to evaluate all season long because it feels like they've been up, down, all around right now with the Celtics on the road. They're a seven and a half point favorite total on this game, 226 and a half. Is there anything that you're taking a look at in this spot with a Celtics team that is, I feel like, without argument, the best team out there in the East, but they themselves have been a little bit more inconsistent on the road rather than at home? Yeah, the Bulls, though, I have to at least point out, they decided not to make any moves to the deadline, so they're clearly going for the play-in for some reason. I don't know why. I do think Boston's going to cover uh, just based on how much better in terms of talent they are. Uh, you're looking at Boston. You have some time off. Porzingis should be healthy again. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Bulls enter the Ulster break after a massive choke job against the Cavs at a game they probably should have won. They're decent at home, but Boston's won six straight. They're just so much more talented than this team. The Bulls offensively, I just think, aren't good enough to match up against Boston. You have to rely on big games from probably Kobe White and DeRozan. I think that's going to be a lot to ask for against a very good defense. I'm going to lead to Boston. I think Chicago maybe hangs in there for a half, but I just think this team's not exactly consistent enough offensively to get it done. Boston won the first meeting by 27. It was a long time ago at home back in November, but still. I'm going to lead to Boston. I just think there are levels between these teams in terms of talent. I think Boston wins by about 12, if I had to guess. 
And then I do have to bring this up as well. It's not a team that's going to be in action on Thursday. Their first game coming back is going to be on Friday as the Milwaukee Bucks, when it comes to that Friday game, they're going to be on the road against the Minnesota Timberwolves. But just what are your expectations for this Bucks team towards the second half of the year? Because we saw Adrian Griffin get canned with the second best record out there in the East. And ever since Doc Rivers has taken over, it's just been a big giant mess for the Milwaukee Bucks to say the least. Yeah, I can't really expect him to suddenly figure it out. We saw Doc coaching the All-Star game. Giannis was there. Dame ended up winning MVP. But once again, that was a fake basketball game. So that doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> Point is, Milwaukee defensively has been a mess. Losing to Memphis in that spot's pretty rough right before the All-Star break. I think Milwaukee's still going to finish somewhere in the high 40s, low 50s, just based on talent for win total. But I have to at least be skeptical of my expectations for them in the playoffs or onward because I don't trust Doc Rivers. I don't think Doc Rivers is a great coach. I know that he won a title, and that's why he still has a job in 2024. But still, it just feels like Milwaukee kind of panicked. I know that Griffin wasn't doing a great job, but Doc Rivers midseason, I didn't agree with that move. I'm assuming you didn't agree with it either. No. I'm going to link to Minnesota in this Friday game. They were in great form. Uh, they might be in line to get the one seed in the Western Conference. Milwaukee just has too many issues with the roster makeup, with the overall coaching staff, and the lack of proper chemistry which I still think has been an issue all season long that not enough people are, have talked about. I'm going to link to Minnesota at home here. Until Milwaukee proves him they can handle looking actually sharp with Doc Rivers as the head coach, I'm going to fade him. Yep, I think that that's very good advice to give out as well. Until you see otherwise from the Milwaukee Bucks, they're just not worth betting on at this point, and it's been rough for them. But things are always tremendous when we get this man aboard. Scott Rachel, he does such tremendous work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and talk a little NBA in this segment. And coming up next, we're going to take a look at a little tennis and a little NHL for this Thursday right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beast of the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. We know that you've been busy with football, and that's why the VSN experts have been hard at work and just released a free NBA at the break betting primer. Get the free guide today and bet the NBA smarter with futures bets to make right about now. Eastern and Western Conference analysis, plus betting tips for the rest of the season. Visit VSN.com slash guide be able to get your free copy today and it's over at vsin.com slash guide we're back here on the greg peterson experience of visa the sports betting network it is always great to be joined by this fan scott rachel he does such great work over at the sports gambling podcast network and we did just talk a little nba with him now let's take it to the ice talk a little nhl i know that you've got a few tennis plays as well that will be squeezing in at the end but first things first you're a man that's out there in the northeast part of the country and a nice northeast rivalry here you've got the devil's Going up against the New York Rangers. Right now with the Rangers, you're finding them between about even money to minus 105. Slight underdogs on the money line. Total on this game is 6.5. How do you evaluate this Rangers versus Devils matchup? Yeah, so I'm going to take the Rangers on the money line at even money. I simply put, think the wrong team's favor here. It's tough you find a Rangers team that's won eight straight and they're getting even money against the Devils team that is currently... I'd say they've been a little bit better lately, but they gave up six goals last game to Washington. So not exactly a consistent bunch, bad defensively in general. I'm going to take the Rangers here. Uh, the Devils have lost 15 of the first 28 home games. So home ice doesn't really matter that much. Rangers rank eighth in defense based on goals against, while the Devils are allowing the seventh most goals in the entire league. But a team that's won eight straight getting even money, that sounds good to me. Give me the Rangers money line. 
The lone sadness with this NHL card for Thursday is that it feels like whenever you join me, typically we get a San Jose Sharks game. We just give out the puck line on whoever the Sharks are playing against, and it feels like it hits every single time. So a little bit of sadness there. But you're going to be taking a look at a puck line, but you're actually going to take the plus one and a half in this spot. It's the Montreal Canadiens going on the road against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, most books have this off the board, but DraftKings is listing a minus 225 for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And if you're looking to take that puck and a half with the Canadians, it's anywhere between about minus 130 to minus 135. Take me through why you're going to be taking a look at the puck line in this spot on the Canadians. Yeah, so full disclosure, the Canadians are a really bad hockey team. I'm aware of that, but they're also playing right now. They're probably about to lose to the Sabres. But the point is, I do think that the Penguins are just not good enough to be laying this big of a price. Pittsburgh's lost five of six. Each of the first two meetings this season did go to overtime. So the Canadians have played the Penguins tough this season. I know, once again, it's a back-to-back. It's a tough scheduling spot. I get it. But Pittsburgh laying this big of a number, they've been a mess for the last couple of weeks. That's a bit large for me. I'm going to go ahead and take the puck and a half, just fading Pittsburgh based on current form. Yep, I don't think that that's the world's worst look there as it has been. A Penguins team has been up, down, and all around thus far this season as Scott Reichel, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. And I know that you're taking a look at this one as well. This is another one of those games where most books have not listed a price, but I know that DraftKings has. It's the Boston Bruins on the road against the Calgary Flames. Flames about plus 110 on the money line as of right now. This was an opening total of six. Right now at DraftKings, we're finding that at five and a half with quite a bit of juice to the over. Take me through this one between the uh, between the Bruins and the Calgary Flames. It's like I said, a lot of books have yet to list this one. Yeah, so I'm going to lean to the Flames here on the money line at plus 112. They were in bad form, then beat Winnipeg. Nice win there. But it's mostly just fading the Bruins. They have not played yet. They're playing Edmonton later, but the point is they're going to be on a back-to-back. And that's not exactly a great scheduling spot for Boston. The Bruins have lost four of their last five games as well. Uh, they ended up beating Dallas in a shootout, I believe, in the last game. But not exactly in great form either. Back-to-back, Edmonton's a really good team. So I do think you're looking at what should be a pretty intense game on Wednesday. Maybe a letdown spot if they end up beating Edmonton, or they might just be exhausted. I'm going to take the Flames, though, plus money. I think it's a good deal, especially at home. Give me the Flames money line at plus 112. Yep, the Flames, a little bit of a different team when they're at home rather than on the road. And this is certainly a bunch that has been able to get a nice home ice boost all season long. That'd be the Carolina Hurricanes. They're playing also Florida Panthers, and this should be one of the more entertaining games of the night. Right now, the Panthers, very slim, minus 115 favorites. Total on this game, we have it at a six with the juice very much being on the over. Take me through how you're evaluating this Panthers versus Hurricanes matchup. Yeah, if we got this in a playoff series, I would definitely not complain. Uh, it should be a very fun game. But I am going to go with the under 6.5 at about minus 130. If you can get 6, I don't necessarily mind it, but I do prefer the 6.5. Both teams defensively have been really good, especially lately. Uh, the Panthers are currently allowing the second-fewest goals in the entire league. The Hurricanes are allowing the ninth-fewest goals in the entire league. So both teams defensively very solid. The Panthers have allowed less than three goals in 11 straight. So defensively, they have been incredible. And the Hurricanes have allowed less than three goals in four of their last six. But I do think both teams defensively are very solid. Yes, I know they have a lot of firepower with uh, with Ajo, for example, with with uh, Kachuk the other way. But still, I do like the defense. I think the goaltending has been solid recently for both teams. Give me the under six and a half and what should have a playoff atmosphere to it. Maybe a 2-2 overtime type game. But six and a half, I do think is a little bit large. I am only to the under. Give me some type of 3-2 final. Yep, and I do think that that's a good way of being able to take a look at things with that one. And then 
when it comes to just putting a bow around the NHL action as well. I do think that this one is also going to be fascinating with the Islanders on the road against the St. Louis Blues. This is a relative pick em game. Right now, we're seeing the Islanders at some spots being right around about a minus 110. Total is a 6 to a 6.5. And with the Islanders, you know that they're going to play tough defense. And typically, 6.5s are a good spot for the under on Islanders. I don't know if you agree slash disagree, but I do feel like with this going from a 6 and a lot of spots up to a 6.5, I do think that there might be a little bit of value on the under. Yeah, I kind of just mind an exotic play on basically every Islanders game. They've played 55 games this season. 21 of the 55 have gone to overtime. Wow. 21 out of 55, which is unheard of. Give me the 60-minute draw. I'm not going to overthink this. I mean, this team just finds a way to be in one-goal games all the time. They blow every third-period lead. They can't help themselves. I'm going to bet on overtime because the Islanders have made you a lot of money if you blindly do that every game. Yeah, it's just an absolutely incredible trend, and who knows when that's going to be drying up, but until it does, take the money while you're able to get it. And how about if we take a look at what we're getting on the tennis front as well as we've got Quite a few events are going on. This one is out there in Doha, and you've got Hugo Umber, who's going to be going up against Gail Monfils. Monfils, a little bit long in the tooth, and currently plus 145 against Umber, who's about minus 180. How do you view this matchup? Because Monfils is obviously the bigger name, but I just alluded to it. This guy is very, very old and probably in one of his last seasons ever. Yeah, so I actually found Umber at minus 150, but the line did move pretty dramatically, so I am only into the games instead at about minus two. So Umber has been in great form. He won a title earlier this season uh, in Marseille, and I think he's in line to once again have a good showing here. Uh, he's, a, in my opinion, a future top 10 guy based on how he's been playing. You're looking at Monfi, though. He's been pretty good so far in Doha, but he's up there in years, and he played a very long match uh, earlier on Wednesday. Three-set marathon fatigue might be an issue for him. I think Umber, with his overall youth, should be able to win a marathon-type match. And I do think Monfi was going to struggle physically as the match progresses. I expect a lot of long rallies, a lot of exhausting rallies, and that does benefit the younger guy who had a very easy match on Wednesday compared to Monfi. Give me Umber minus the games. And then when it comes to the ladies' side of things, they're actually currently out there in Dubai. And this is one that you're taking a look at with Elena Robachna, a pretty sizable favorite at minus 575 on the money line going against Jasmine Polini with Polini, you're able to get her at plus four dollars. But you think that Polini's going to be able to hold in there, but not quite get it done on the money line. So take me through this play because you found a way to be able to back Polini without taking her outright. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I think she's more alive on the money line than most people will give her credit for, uh, based on the actual matchup on paper. But you're looking at Rabakina, and she's played a lot of tennis recently. Ended up losing in the final to Swiatek uh, over the weekend as she made a deep run in Doha before falling short. Then she played against uh, Azarenka, and she ended up losing the first set there, and Azarenka ended up retiring after the second, so she did drop a set in the first match. Played against Fretch in the Wednesday morning match, early Wednesday morning. That went to three sets. That was a war, too. Point is, Rabakin is here, but it's not exactly looked that great, and fatigue could be a reason for that. Uh, Paolini, though, has actually been in pretty good form as she dropped the first set to Adad Maya, who's a solid player, and won the next two sets, then beat Fernandez in straight sets and beat Asakari in straight sets. She's in good form. She's getting five games here. That's a massive spread, in my opinion, based on Rabakana's recent tendency to drop sets and uh, Paolini's solid performance over the last six sets. Give me the plus five. I think that line's too big. The head-to-head also suggests this matchup should be close. Uh, it's currently tied 1-1. They only faced off one time on hard court 
Paolini did beat her in Cincinnati last year. Rabakina did get injured in that match and had to retire, but Paolini was up 5-2 in the second set when Rabakina ended up throwing in the towel. The point is Paolini, I think, is a pretty underrated player, at least based on current form. Rabakina is a great player, easily top three in the world, but the point is she's played a lot of tennis, and it seems like that's starting to catch up with her a little bit. She's been vulnerable, and I think she's been vulnerable enough to expect this line to look a little bit steep, and for that reason, I am going to take the five with Paolini. And I will point out one thing with this match as well. The start time is 3.30 a.m. Pacific, 6.30 a.m. Eastern. So you do want to place those bets early. And a man that is able to get it done early and late, Scott Reichel, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Scott, always love having you aboard. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. We were able to talk a little NBA, NHL, and tennis. So coming up next, we got to talk some college basketball. Look at these late Wednesday games and turn it forward to Thursday here on the Great Beers and Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bay Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can place a deposit of $5 and get a no sweat bet of up to $1,000 if the in bonus bets if the first bet does not hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize the promo code of VSN when you sign up because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. was great to be able to talk a little everything with Sky Rachel. We've got you set with a lot of sweats for the NBA, tennis, and NHL tomorrow. Nick, for those tennis sweats, some of them are happening at like 3 o'clock a.m. And as I always say, money is money on this show. It doesn't matter if you're betting on the Super Bowl, if you're betting on the biggest of the big college basketball games, or tennis at 3 a.m. If you're able to put money into your pocket with a win... It's worth talking about. So I always love being able to do that with Scott Reichel. And something that's nice about this new time slot here on the Greg Peterson experience is that 
back when I was doing this show from midnight to 3 Eastern time, there were no games to be able to look forward to in the college basketball lab. So we were drumming up stuff for what would be going on the next day. Well, we've got a few late games. So how about if we step into the lab, see where we're at with these numbers and try to extract some value. Are you looking for the best lines on the market? I don't want to get paid to lose. What a queen! Then sit back and let Greg cook up the best insight in college basketball. Uh, what a fine day for selling. More like night, but absolutely darn lootly. How about if we go 725, 726? You've got New Mexico. They're going to be playing on Colorado State. This was an opener of a five and a half, and boy, I thought that they got it right on the opener, but now it's between eight and eight and a half points. Money's coming in on New Mexico. Total on this game between 157 and 157 half, and I did like the opening over of a 156. Now that we're at about a 157, 157 half, if this goes any higher, I'd be taking a look at the under, but that is one where I do think that a lot of the value has been extracted, but value on Colorado State, it was marginal at the front half of this. Now I think you're getting a great number on Colorado State. Colorado State is a wily team I think can go into a hostile environment like the pit and be able to hold in there. Now with New Mexico, they've been able to do a lot of things very, very well. They're a top 20 team in terms of fewest turnovers on a per possession basis, and you've got a trio in the backcourt that they really haven't been able to play a ton together because you had Jamal Mashburn Jr. being on the fold for quite a while due to injury. You had Jalen House be out quite a bit as well. Now that this trio is back in the fold and they've been able to combine between the three of them about 50 or so points per contest, it does make it a very fearsome threesome as you've been able to get really good production in terms of generating steals out of Jalen House. He's been able to give you about two and a half steals per contest. He and Donovan Dent are really your main two facilitators. Dent and House, between the two of them, they're able to give you about nine assists per contest. You've got Jamal Mashmer Jr. is a little bit more, for lack of a better term, a chucker, even though of the three guys, he's actually your worst three-point shooter. He's been able to log about 14 half points per game, and then certainly with regards to the rebound rate, that is in favor of New Mexico. You've got Nelly Jr., Joseph, JT Toppin. A pair of guys that are combining to be able to give you about 15 and a half or so rebounds per game. And with Toppin, he's been able to give you a little bit of versatility, give you about 12 and a half points per contest. But we've already seen this New Mexico team get tripped up at the pit twice. They lost a ghastly game against UNLV a few weeks ago, and then they did lose to Boise State. I remember that was a write-up that I took on Boise State. And boy, oh boy, that one was correct. But with Colorado State, defense, not quite where it is with New Mexico because we always talk about this New Mexico team with their offense. They've actually been a better team in terms of their defense and their points allowed on a per-possession basis rather than their points scored on a per-possession basis. But make no bones about it. This is a Colorado State team that they are all gas, no breaks with regards to their offense. Not necessarily playing super-duper up-tempo or anything like that, but this squad has Isaiah Stevens. Isaiah Stevens, forget about... One of the best, like, non-Power 5 guards or anything like that. You don't need any monikers like that. This is just one of the best guards in all of college basketball. He gives you seven half assists. He's able to throw in there 17 points. Shoots in the mid-40s from three-point range. And Colorado State, just a really good team at being able to pop it from three-point range in general. Now, New Mexico, they've been a very well-rounded team in terms of their defense. They've been able to do a nice job, not allowing a lot of second chances. And they do a pretty solid job of being able to guard the arc as well. Opponents are shooting just 31% from three-point range against them, but... I do like this Colorado State team in that they do a very nice job of just being able to facilitate 
They do a nice job of not stepping into a vector that has been so good for New Mexico. New Mexico has really had a lifeblood of being able to generate turnovers. They generate about 15 per contest. That is a top 30 mark in all of college basketball. But for Colorado State, with having who you've got in Isaiah Stevens in the backcourt, with also now adding Joel Scott. He was a D2 transfer from Black Hill State. He comes in. He's been able to give the team about six boards, 12 points per contest. And then Patrick Cartier at six foot eight. He's able to pop him from three at north of a 40% clip. I do think that Colorado State is going to be able to go on the road. They're going to be able to hold in there. We've seen this Colorado State team be a little bit more shaky on the road with regards to their offense, but this Colorado State defense honestly does not take any sort of a fall off whatsoever when they're on the road. They're only giving up about 1.9 points more per one of our possessions in a road slash shooter court venue rather than at home. So I do think that for Colorado State, they go on the road. They hold in this game. I set my line at five. So I'm looking at the points with Colorado State. You're really getting the best of the number right now. And with regards to Soto, if this gets north of 157 and we are starting to see this tick up north of 157, that to me would be a little bit of a buy point on the under. And then we've got another game that's going to be going on. This one is going to be tipping off an hour from now. So you don't have to rush as much with regards to this one, but still want to be very mindful of the line and try to see if you're able to get the best of it. 729, 730. UNLV hits the road to face off against Air Force. Air Force, they are a six and a half point home underdog. And your total on this game, finding it anywhere between 130 and a half and 131.5 as we are looking at the Mountain West in the Greg Peterson lab right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And I know that our producer in the back, Dan, he was at the UNLV game the last time out and Dan might have witnessed the worst display of UNLV basketball we have ever seen. They lost at home to Air Force by 32 points. Now, I don't think that we could set a line of Air Force minus 31 and a half here. That would be a little bit rash to say the least, but now you've got a bunch that went to lovely Las Vegas just I mean, completely punked UNLV. I wish I could put it any other way, but I think that that's the best way of putting it. And this Air Force team, they do have a nice home crowd, and they've got a little bit of a nice home advantage with being at elevation. Now, with Air Force, it is a top-heavy team. You've really got your main starting five, and you don't have much else. Bo Becker has been able to shoot about 40% from three-part range. He's able to supply you with a double-figure amount of points. I really do like the versatility that you're able to get out of Ritas Petratus. He actually had a triple-double the last time these two teams played. He, for the season, walking about 15.5 points. He's been able to give you about six boards. He has just been a complete and utter sad sheet suffer, and he was someone that was actually missing towards the beginning part of the season. For this Air Force team, he was a little bit inconsistent after that game against the UNLV, but it looks like he's been able to get things back on kilter. And then on top of that, you've got Ethan Taylor, Jeffrey Mills, a pair of guys that shoot about 37 to 38% from three-point range against a UNLV team that they've improved their defense. They're a top 110 team with regards to uh, points allowed on a per-possession basis, but UNLV, even with the Boone brothers, they haven't necessarily been too amazing of being able to hit the glass. This team is very shaky with regards to... Just their overall shooting. Now, I do like Dedrin Thomas. Thomas is a true freshman that's giving out north of five assists per contest. He's shooting in the mid to high 30s from three-point range. He's been solid for UNLV, but it's just really hard for me to unsee that last result from UNLV, a team that has honestly been playing some of their best basketball on the road. And if you can find a more befuddling team than UNLV, you just let me know. Because with UNLV, this team has completely knocked off Crane by double figures. This team won on the road, won at won at New Mexico in the pit. They went on the road. They won at Boise State, and they've lost by 32 points at home to this very Air Force team, and they lost by double figures at home to Southern. Like, 
This team makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Now you have to take a team that makes no sense whatsoever to elevation. You're making them lay six and a half points. Granted, they're in somewhat of good shape, but that said, with UNLV, right when things look good, they hit the skids and they go straight down the toilet bowl. Every single time you write off this UNLV team, they're going to go out there and they're going to knock off some like top 50 team. That's just the way that UNLV has been thus far this season. I do think that with Air Force being a bunch that can pop it from three, a UNLV bunch that they're outside the top 150 with regards to opponent's three-point shooting percentage, I do think that this is a good spot for Air Force at home. Granted, I recall what we saw out of Air Force about a week or so ago when they were at home against San Diego State. That was not good, and I did back Air Force in that game. That was less than terrific by myself, but I think that this is a little bit different with a UNLV team that has been as inconsistent as inconsistent gets. I'm going to be willing to take the points in this ordeal, and I didn't think that this totals went too low. Air Force put up north of 80 last time out against this UNLV team. UNLV is a little bit improved on defense, but also I have an Air Force team that despite being really slow outside the top three order with regards to total possessions, Brain, this is also a squad that in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis while outside the top 150. So I'm going to be looking at the over. Plus, if this does land four, like I do think that it is with regards to my handicap line, you know what that means. Down four or five points with a minute remaining. Get those late game fouls to be able to help you out with the over. So I'm going to be taking a look at the over in that spot. And we're going to be taking a look at Air Force. Hopefully you did not take DePaul in the first half. That is not looking too tremendous. But what is looking tremendous is the slate that we've got for Thursday. I'm going to get you guys my DK Network right up pick. Next, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience of Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 